So this morning, I'm going to be preaching on keeping the bonds of unity. And um, last week I spoke on accountability, and um, I'm really trusting that many of you were encouraged and stirred by that. Uh, I think it is up already, hey, Michelle? That's accountability. Is it up yet? You know, it is, eh? By Wednesday mornings, it's normally up, so you can go and listen to the preachers. So I would encourage you to do that. Um, it was such a good preach, man. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> no, pride. Oh, dear Lord, help me. <laughs> No, um, yeah, just, you know, God's been really kind as we just preaching through, had been preaching through the series of, you know, just don't lose, don't lose the wonder of the local church. Then God starts to deal with us as a congregation. And one of those things is around accountability. And it's amazing how when you start to keep yourselves in accountable relationships, how God can actually protect you as a church and, um, and protect us collectively. So, I am going to be preaching now out of keeping the bonds of unity. The one other area that I am feeling to preach on over the next uh, couple of weeks, I'm also going to be preaching on dealing with offenses. And it's something that I do feel that God wants us to deal with. I know for many of you, you're probably sitting here going, what? In the church? Is that possible? Trust me, it is. <laughs> so uh, God wants to help us in these areas. So... I'm going to ask if we can get up John 17, verses 21 to 23. And it says that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. This is one of Jesus' last prayers. Um, and he says, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Say one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity. Say unity. To let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. So this is the desire of Jesus that every Christian, every person who is a Christ follower will come to a place that uh, people will see that we are one with Jesus. Firstly, one with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that we as a people are united uh, and a people that will display the character and the nature of God. So, even this morning, doing worship the way that we did, you get a visitor that comes in. And if you're here, we so wonderfully accept you. But we need to be a people that demonstrate that we really are passionate about King Jesus. We're passionate about his local church. But we're also passionate about the fact that he changes our character and he changes our nature. So what does it mean to be united? It's a good question, Dimble Central, and I'm not even into my sermon, and you're asking already. So when this, this is when two things are so closely linked or attached that they act as though they are a single unit. They are united. So in my heart and in my mind, sorry, I just want to get something else I put on my notes for this morning. I didn't include there, thank you. I wanted to just ask the question of you, if you look back over the years, over the years that we've been op operational in this country, when would you say is one of the key moments we were united as a nation? Can anybody shout it out? World Cup when? 95. That's right. My wife doesn't forget that because South Africa won the World Cup and we were allowed to have a baby after that. I said, if South Africa wins, we're having a baby. <laughs> so that's right. 
That's one of the things. Isn't it interesting how many folks at World Cup, we can look back on our lives and we can go, as a nation, we were united. What did you recall when you saw a nation that was united? People met in pubs, met at homes, they bride, they partied together, they, they got to the games together, and they watched every game. And when South Africa eventually won the World Cup, what did we see? People were in the streets, black, white, colored, Indian, um, Asian, whatever culture you want. What were they doing? Celebrating the victory that, that South Africa had achieved at that given time. And it was interesting. Not only were people celebrating, but people were dressed in green and gold. And everybody made efforts. Companies were doing it. They went to the stadiums. They were dressed in green and gold. People were singing, And as a whitey, I got no clue what those words meant. Uh, and, 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 and we were all singing. And we were all hugging and holding and celebrating. Isn't that true? Look how easy it was to do that. And you know what? God wants that in the church as well. That's what he wants. He wants us to be a people that will be united. We, we have got a God who is always victorious. He never loses a battle. He's, he's strong and he's mighty. And you are assured of victory in him. And you are assured as a Christ follower of your salvation. And you will be with him one day in heaven as you walk out your journey with him. And so for, for, for us, this becomes a beautiful picture of what God actually wants to see in the church. A people that are united. A people that are, are passionate about God. A people that are passionate about Jesus. A people that are passionate about his love and sharing his love. Passionate about his power and, and excited about the body of Christ. I don't know about you, but when I think of the testimony that gets brought here this morning, that we've received from various folk here, doesn't matter how big it would seem to some and how small it would seem to others, the fact is that God meets you in the very small areas of your life. When he gives us these victories and he comes through for us, we should be celebrating. And when people come in and they are broken and there's challenges that they face, I can't promise you that God will give you a car if you now are hoping for a car. But what I can promise you is that he will be faithful and he will care for you and he will look out for you. And it just comes in different ways because each one has a different story. And, um, and so this is what people look at when they come in here and they see a people that are genuinely passionate about the things of God. You know what the unsaved are looking for? Are we passionate about seeing the lost and the broken coming in and letting them experience what Jesus has done for our lives? You and I are broken vehicles. We're broken vessels. We are going from glory to glory. God is at work in us. But we still remain faithful and we still remain united and we remain committed to the purposes of God. And this is what people are looking at. When we worship, when we come together, when we, when we go to com groups and when we go to gatherings, these are the things that people look at because they see that we are people that are serious about what we're doing. Because ultimately, as much as I enjoy rugby, I want to say to you, it has little to no eternal significance. It's the pleasures that we enjoy this side of eternity. But what we are doing here, friends, some of you have got children, some of you have got family members that are not here today, but you need to know that what God is doing in your life can impact and touch their lives and change them. 
That's, that's what we believe when we leave this place. So we stand together, you're united. And when we leave here, there's something that God does in us so that we can take it out into the world and bring radical change wherever God places us. So with that, unity brings security. It brings stability and it brings growth. This is what God has promised us. Listen to what Psalm 133 says. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. Why don't you read this with me? Let's start together. One, two, three. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So one of the key things that you need to see with this scripture is that one of the things is that where there is unity, God commands a blessing. Okay? And that's the heart of David. David is saying that he's saying unity is a pleasant thing and it's a precious thing. And it's something that we need to fight for. Unfortunately, sadly, if I may say this, the church has not always been very good in displaying this unity that, we, that we're talking about here. Often there are disagreements that arise amongst the saints. Can you believe it? You can have disagreements, you can have um, uh, arguments. And, and, and unfortunately, if we don't handle those things correctly, it can really tarnish the testimony that God actually has for you as individuals, for me as an individual, and for us collectively as a church. And so God wants us to handle these things correctly. That's why I think at some point the teaching of offenses will become very, very helpful. And while I'm on the offenses, you know what? You know what the biggest problem is with the offenses? It's not often the direct offense. It's often the secondary offense that others pick on, on behalf of others. And that is one of the greatest sins that people don't realize will impede you and actually break down your walk in God and actually break down the unity of the church. It's a, it's a very real situation. And as we sit here, I can guarantee you right now that most of us here will be able to identify with us and say, I'm guilty of that. And God is bringing us to a place. He wants you to be pure. He wants you to be holy. And he wants you to display something that he's moving and convicting all of our lives, so that we stand together as one and we deal with this stuff together. And it's interesting, I've seen over the years how in the local church, many people have come with their own ideas and their own agendas. And, and you know, for me, as we come together, we need to be in a space that we need to come with hearts surrendered to Jesus. We need to come with hearts that will walk in unity with one another. And we need to have hearts that will... will will say, Lord, your, your bringing me here is for me to serve the purposes of what you have for me here. The sad reality is over the years, people will come in and they come from different backgrounds, uh, different um, cultures, different religions, all those kind of things. And what often happens is they'll come in and say, well, we did it this way. We did it that way. And, and start to pick on things that, that actually become unhelpful. We have a certain stance. We have vision. We have certain values that we hold on to as a church. And I want to encourage you this morning that you need to embrace that which God has brought you into. 
You know, often when we have had folk where we've been involved in um, selling of people's homes, people going to Australia, to New Zealand, to America, one of the things I always say to the family when we hand over keys or we get the keys from them, we say to them, when you go to this new country, leave your paraphernalia from South Africa behind. You don't need your South African flag there. If you're going to New Zealand, do the right thing. And actually, this would be my encouragement, buy an all-black flag. Get an all-black rugby jersey. Embrace the culture there. Otherwise, if you're sitting with your feet in two camps, it's very difficult to get yourself rooted in there. And we know families that have actually come back because they just couldn't settle. And it's the same year. You've got to come in and you've got to embrace the values that we are living out and that we are seeing. And let me tell you something. If you look at what God has done here over the last almost two years, next month on the 12th of September, we've been running two years with the transition of a local church into the Joshian story. From where we were to where we are now is chalk and cheese. God has been faithful and we have seen God move powerfully across our context. Do you know why the church has grown to where it is now? Because people started to embrace the values and people started to unite and started to work together, walk together, firstly for Jesus, then with each other, and the rest, I'm going to say, becomes history because God slowly starts to add uh, people to us because they see this and they want to be a part of it. We're not perfect by any means. Please know that. We're not perfect by any means. But we are a people that are striving to love God passionately, love His people passionately, and to be faithful with what God has entrusted to us. So, with that, you have a role to play in the, in the unity in the church. And those making notes, Ephesians 4.3 says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I want to say to you, where there are two visions, there is division. All right? And uh, as a lead guy, my heart with my elders is to honor Andrew Selly and the eldership team in the greater context of Josh Jen is to walk out and to fulfill the vision and values that God gave Andrew many years ago, 23 or 24 years ago, when Josh Jen got planted. Starting from a house, in a bedroom, or a, a lounge. And today we have close to six, and I think six and a half thousand people that, that are walking in this journey spread across 46 to 48 congregations across our city and other parts of this country. And I think there's a Josh Jen in Zimbabwe as well. And, and, and that from a lounge. Four people, five people, six people. It's phenomenal what God has done. And guys are just being added more and more into the work. Congregations are coming in as well because they're seeing life. They're seeing the fruit. And, and as a leadership team, we're standing together, one heart, one mind, one purpose. And so make sure that you embrace the vision and values here. Now, with me saying that, you know, sometimes people will come in and say, yes, but I've got a gift, or I've got this, or I've got that that I can bring. Yes, you may have that. But I also want to remind you that there might come a time when God brings you into something. He wants you to use that for the benefit of where he has placed you. All right? And so whatever you bring in is to help build and strengthen this body, which forms part of the greater body. And Habakkuk 2 verses 3, it says, For the re revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it, will certainly come and will not delay. What it means there is that if God has given you a specific gift or a specific ministry, which doesn't quite fit in with where we are at the moment, lay it down. Lay your Isaac down. 
root yourself in. If it is of the Lord, I promise you, at some point, God will raise it up and it will always benefit what we are doing here and the greater work that God has called us to. Unfortunately, over the years, there are folk that have not ever been able to get rooted into the local church because their hearts have always been bent on my ministry. We are here to serve the purposes of Josh Jen, what we believe God has called us to, and that is to reach the lost, to disciple the people, and to, and to get them healed and whole, get them to do the same and to reach out and to bring others in. And then, like we see in Acts 2, verses 42 to 47, is to live out the values of loving Jesus, loving his people, being devoted to apostolic teachings and preachings and teachings, being together, spending time together in homes. These are the things that people need to give themselves for. And so I want to, for, for whatever reason, I feel like I needed to bring this in. As if, if one keeps fighting for your own vision, your thing, how you want this thing to work, I want to say to you, it will not only bring insecurity for you, but can also cause hurt and hurting of others. Always be mindful of how we live our lives can impact not only you, but others in the life of the church. And it can even derail your family. It's very, very important that we keep that in mind. So you are here. You're chosen by God. This is not a mistake that you're here today. This is God's anointed and appointed time for you. By His Holy Spirit, He's always drawing us. And so therefore, it's important that your life counts for Jesus and that you're submitted to those that are over you in the Lord and, 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 and make sure that we achieve what God wants us to achieve here. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit will never cause you and I to violate what God has called us to here. He'll never get us to operate counteractive to, to what Andrew's vision is for Josh Jen. And so we need to embrace that. And, um, and then we need to be a people that will protect and fight for and live out the values that we, that we believe God has called us to here. And we uphold this stuff that we see through scriptures. And I want to say to you, there should be no compromise here. And, 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 and you're going to see this. When we look at this, there should be no compromise here. If you're not part of a common group, please, after the meeting, and, and you feel that God is adding you to this work, please come and chat to myself, Lee, Gunter, Laura, Andre, Jenny. We've got various common group leaders here. Please come and chat to us and say, listen, man, I want to get into a common group. It's important. And let's see where you stay, and we'll see if we can get you slotted in. Don't pick your favorite group. We want to we get you slotted in so that you can make your life count. Um, these are areas that we stand unified. Our meetings, our coming together are important. Our com group meetings are important. Our worship and our love for the Lord is important. On the 16th of August, we are having a fast. That's a Wednesday, all right? So not this coming Wednesday, the next Wednesday we're fasting for the encounter time with Jonathan Conrath who's coming. And so I'm going to ask you, and we will remind you on Sunday again, will you prepare your hearts and minds to fast for one day? Please don't go on a 10-day fast. Uh, I want you to be in your com group that night. We're going to break the fast by praying and worshiping, and then we break it with a meal. I want us to do this together. United we stand, divided we fall. We do this stuff together. This coming Wednesday, I know it's a public holiday. Jesus, by the way, didn't go on holiday. We've all had plenty of breaks. I want to encourage you, be at your common group meeting. All right, let's do this stuff together. Let's not compromise on these things. 
Because ultimately, when we live like this, this is what people see, and they want to be drawn to that as well. All right. A people that live in a space where they, 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 they make the unity challenging, I want to say to you, I think for me, um, I want to say to folk, as we walk out together and as we walk unified, this makes it a joy for us to lead. And our role as saints is to make the leading of this congregation a joy. And I want to say to you that you do. But I want to remind us that when we start to get slightly twitched and off center, it does create a bit of a challenge for us because our hearts as leaders is always to help and to, and to take you into the fullness of what God has for you. But I do want to encourage you that we will, at different times, have to address folk where we feel there's a breaking of the unity or there's a divisions being created and formed. And I want to say to you, those divisions, without you realizing, doesn't only cause tension with ourselves as leaders and, and the saints, but actually inadvertently, spiritually causes a tension amongst ourselves. And we want to avoid those things. And so we want to be absolutely unified. Otherwise, all that will happen is it will sap you of your energy, it will sap us of our energy, and it saps the congregation. And I believe God wants us to eradicate that. That means each one of us needs to fight for this. Does that make sense? All right. And then I want to land on that point as well, that there might not always be agreement. And so we're not saying be robots and just accept I think for me, I often say to guys, I don't have a problem if you question or you ask uh, questions around certain things. We question and we ask because we want to know. We never question and ask because we try to prove God wrong um, or the Bible wrong. When we start going there, that's very dangerous territory. There's, there's what we call majors that we, that we focus on and minors that we don't focus on. There are going to be the niggles. We're a church. We're a body. We're a family. How many of you have got families here that can say your family is 100% at peace with each other? If you could just raise your hand, I want to already deal with the lying spirit. <laughs> you, you know what? That, that's, that's what we're dealing with here. Um, so we focus on the majors. You know what? What really saddens me is if, if somebody hasn't a disagreement with you, and it genuinely is on a, on a minor thing. You know, I've had people leave the church because I didn't give them the mic to bring a prophetic word. How sad is that? And, 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 it's, and it's that kind of stuff that we look at. You know, or uh, you didn't give me a space on the worship team, so I'm no longer going to be walking with you. That's minor stuff, man. That really, we are blessed to have the team that we do. We're blessed with technology. Do you know that in Montague at the moment, those guys are sitting under trees on sunny days because they don't have a facility, and when it rains, they've got to meet in people's homes to have church. Nearly 100 people. Current, a Josh Jen congregation. And, and it's in an affluent area. That's, there's just no facility. So the thing is, they've got to be a unit and unified people, and they've got to stand together, working together, not worrying about what they can or can't bring us. Hey, Lord, You've put me here, and I need to get behind those leaders there, and we need to make sure that the town sees that we're united and we're standing here for you. What a beautiful picture. So let's focus on the things that are important, less on the things that are not that important, and let's fight and keep the unity. You know, some guys might leave the church because they don't like my face. My mother loves my face. I've got a face that my mother loves. All right? That's the reality. 
Don't make it about personalities. Make it about Jesus. All right. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Right. So I'm going to land my preach now. Can you believe it? I've got about 25 points. No, I'm joking. I haven't got 25 points. I'm going to tell you now how many points I've got. They're going to be quick points. I've got nine points that I'm going to land with and we're done. So practicals now to keeping the unity. Has that all made sense for you guys? Is that okay? All right. So practicals. A house divided cannot stand. And uh, I haven't given this scripture through, but you can just read Mark 3 verses 23 to 26. It says, so Jesus called them over to him and began to speak to them in parables, meaning stories. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. Now, you might be saying, why am I spending time focusing on Satan? Because at this time, Jesus was being accused that because of all the signs, wonders, and miracles that he was doing, that he was empowered by Satan. <laughs> Jesus, all he's just saying is, is uh, they are on two opposite ends of the scale. And so, if we do not stand together, if we do not stand in unity, loving the Lord, loving his local church, and working together, we will be slow in our growth, we will be slow in our growing, and, and actually we will labor. And actually you can end up causing the church to, to implode, to split. And so it's important that we're all on the same page. Secondly, our outward expression of unity will express our inward unity of purpose. And I've hit this thing hard this morning, Mark 12, verses 28 to 32. I want to remind us again what Scripture says. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, and he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important, the most important one to answer Jesus is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. And so, you can hear often when I'm saying, love the Lord, love one another. I'm backing the stuff up with Scripture. And this is the stuff we should be teaching people. When people come in here, they should be saying, why do you do this? Because we love the Lord, and the Lord has put us into a family. We're part of a local church, and we love one another. Even though we're all different, and we're unique, we have one thing in common. His name is Jesus. And He brings us into this place. All right. So we need to get to a place that this should be the natural overflow from us as saints. And I want to put it out there again. I understand people will take weekends off. I'm not worried about that. I'm more concerned about the unhelpful patterns where people are not coming regularly to meetings. And as a Christ follower, that shouldn't be how we live. And I'm going to ask you as saints, will you please address your brothers and sisters and hold them accountable when you see patterns forming, don't just leave it up to the leaders. Um, when it comes from the saints, it makes a huge difference and is very helpful for us to keep people on track. We all need to help each other get to the finish line. All right. Number three, recognize each person is a gift here. I want you to look around the room. Just have a look at some of your brothers and sisters. I love doing this. Each one is a gift here. Roger, you're a gift to us. Letitia, you're a gift to us. I want to honor them. In the week, I sat with somebody who's not yet a partner in our church, came to a prayer meeting, and was blown away by the number of people that were in our prayer meeting. I said, you know who started that? No. 
Yeah, Roger, nearly 80 years old. Two years ago. And, and, and I've never once, with Andre, with, um, with Gunter coming on, I've never once had to drive our prayer meetings. It's just naturally happened. Thank you, Roger and Letitia. Wonderful thing that you started. So recognize everybody is a gift. No comparison, no competing, and each one is unique. Number four. Is that all right? Speak well of each other. Avoid gossip. Avoid slander. This damages your testimony and causes a lot of hurt. You know, I always say it's like toothpaste. When you squeeze a toothpaste, have you ever tried to get the toothpaste back into it because it went and it split out too much? Have you ever tried to do that? All right, it's not, it's not possible. Your words are the same. When we speak about people in a negative way, an unhelpful way, um, it's, it, it can be very, very hurtful. And I can tell you right now, many of us sitting here today will tell you, I've been kicked in the head playing rugby, or I've been tripped on the netball court and sprained my ankle. That is all healed. But the, the one thing that has always remained with me is words that were spoken to me as far back as I can remember, of that you're a rubbish, that you're useless, you will never amount to anything, and that has stayed with many of us until today. And that's often where the beauty of Jesus comes in, the healing and the restoration comes in, because he starts to get into our hearts to bring healing and restoration there. So speak well of one another. Number five, encourage one another. In our encouraging one another, be positive about each other. Build others up. Prefer one another. Trust each other. Refuse to be offended. Refuse to hold a grudge and refuse to take revenge. Let the Lord avenge any situation. This is something that we fight for. Number six, protect each other. In Nehemiah 4 verses 16, if we can get that up, listen to this story. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted them behind all the peoples of Judah. This was at a time where the walls of Jerusalem were being rebuilt. And what happened was the village that they, where they were busy rebuilding the walls, the people were realizing, hang on, there's something happening here, and we don't want these walls rebuilt. And we know that Nehemiah's heart and desire was to do what he had believed God had called him to do, was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So they had a group of people go, and they started with it. And then what happened was the town came out against them, started to attack them, started to jeer them, started to shout at them. Very much similar to what we've seen now recently over the last few days. People riding their cars in certain parts of our town, and people suddenly running out and chucking bricks at the vehicles. This is what was happening. But Nehemiah held his course, and he pulled the people together, and he said, God has called us. We need to build this wall together, and we need to protect one another. And so what happened was these guys split up. Some guys stood God, and then the guys that were working were working with one hand, doing the labor with the other hand. They still had a shield or a sword in their hand. And the most amazing thing is when they did the work, they could do the work unimpeded, knowing that their backs were being watched. And this is the beauty for us as the church. If we protect each other, it means we can get on with what God has called us to here, knowing that we've got each other's backs. Isn't it a beautiful testimony for some of us to hear this morning that we can pray for one another? God answers in different ways. No, this is the place we want to be. This is the safest place we can be. And if these people have this kind of faith, man, I can come and I can serve God here, and, and God has got my back because I've got people that are looking out for me. 
It's a beautiful thing. So I want to encourage us. Protect what God has given us here. But I also want to encourage you this with this. Please do not protect the sin of your brother and sister. There's a big difference here. If there is sin, we call it for what it is. If your brother or sister is sleeping around, involved in porn, um, involved in stuff that is unhelpful, and you are aware of it, please do not turn a blind eye to it because God will hold you accountable on that thing. You can lovingly go to that person and say, man, listen, I'm aware of this. I want to help you. I want to encourage you. And, and, and we need to talk about it. And if they come to you and they share that they're struggling with something, you keep it confidential between yourselves other than the fact is that you say to them, what you have shared with me, would you be okay that I share it with the leaders because they need to know the condition of the flock. If ever anybody comes to you and says, what I'm telling you now, please do not tell anybody else, you stop them right there and you say, I'm sorry, I can't hear you out on this one. Because they can hold you in captivity, they can hold you in bondage, they can share with you, but as leaders and group leaders, we need to know what is happening. Why? Because we want to help the flock. All right, and that's how we protect one another. Does that make sense? Okay, number seven, you guys have done well. Friendship before function. And I think this is very, very important for each and every single one of us. We build relationally with each other. Build deep, meaningful friendships here with Jesus at the center. If you isolate yourself, you will eventually struggle in your walk. And as elders, I want to say to you, please, church, hear my heart when I say this. It's very, I, I have a good laugh because sometimes I'll phone people up and say, hey, let's get together for a coffee. And immediately there's like, uh-oh, what have we done? <laughs> like, well, when the people say, oh, are we in trouble? I said, well, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I was just wanting to get together for coffee. <laughs> um, don't, don't think you're always in trouble. We're normal people. Honestly, we, we bleed just like you do. I get snotty nose just like you do. All right. We just love the Lord. There's a function that I carry. But let's build relationally. Build relationally deep with one another. And I want to really encourage folk here. Increase your circle of friendships. Not just to your com groups. Men with men. Couples with couples. Ladies with ladies. And please, let's keep it like that. All right. But increase your friendship circles. It's very helpful um, as we journey together. And then the last two. Give your time and money. We spoke about tithes this morning. We spoke about almsgiving. And then also giving of our money over and above that generosity. You could see somebody that has a need. Hey, you know what? We know that they need groceries. Let's go and get groceries and sort that out and bless them with some groceries. Um, if you're going to give money, um, sometimes it's always good just to reference your com group leader or the elders just to get perspective on giving because sometimes, and I'm just putting it out there, sometimes there is unwise use of money. And so we just want to protect and make sure that those that are being generous, that, that you are giving your monies, that you, that you know that there's a good account of it. But as a general, we want to be a people that just are generous with our lives. All right, so, and, 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 and again, those that have been involved in giving the way that they have, and just with the testimony this morning, bless you guys, man. It's just super wonderful to hear that. And then, lastly, exalt Jesus together. Exalt Him together. Pray together. Be of one heart, one mind, one purpose, totally sold out to Him because of what He has saved us from. This is what people see. This is why we are here. This is what we give ourselves to. And so this morning is more of an encouragement to, to us as a body. Let's fight for our unity. We have done well to this point. We're not perfect, but we've done well. And let's 
hold the line. Let's work together. Let's, let's stand together. Let's cheer together. Let's laugh together. Let's cry together so that the kingdom of God may advance. So, Father, I thank you for this time. Thank you that you have done a deep work in our hearts and our lives here this morning. And I pray that you, Lord, would draw us to a place that we will serve your purposes. Lord, that we would get this into our hearts and our minds. Lord, that we would be radical about this, Lord. Radically keeping the unity because this is what pleases you. So I pray that you convict us now, Holy Spirit. I pray that you convict us now in any areas of our lives where we have gone on our own tangent, on our own agenda. That this morning we'd say, Lord, we want to be of one heart, one mind, one purpose. And I'm going to ask you for a public declaration now. For being one heart, one mind, one purpose. And I'm asking you to do this, not for me, but I'm standing and I'm going to say, Lord... I'm committed to the purposes of, of what Andrew has been called to. And I want to serve his, his purposes because he's following you. And we want to follow Andrew as he's following Jesus. And so with that, I'm going to ask you, you're ready to stand and say, man, I'm in. I'm going to help keep the unity of this body. I'm going to serve the purposes of God flat out here. Let's, let's just stand together. Now, there might also be some of you that are here. And I don't want to assume anything. And I did prep someone this morning, but there's no pressure. But sometimes people will say, I want to run with you. But running with you is just running with you because I'm doing it because everybody else is doing it. It's a good thing. But some of us actually need to make a commitment to Jesus and receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior. And so I want to give that opportunity. Is there anybody here that says, hey man, I don't have Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I just want to I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to surrender my life. And I, I want to run in this race, run in this journey with you guys. I want my life committed and dedicated to Christ. Is there anybody here? Just raise your hand. We're going to pray with you. Is there anybody here? Thank you. Brogan. That's right. Brogan, can we pray with you? You want to commit your life to Jesus? Wonderful. Why don't you come out here? I'm not, we don't normally do this, but I, I, I think you're a good lady. I don't normally do this, but, and, and we're not wanting to put you on the spot, but I have now, <laughs> so I'm sorry. But I want to pray this prayer with you, and I want us to pray together. Landre, come, come and stand with her. Right, we're going to pray this prayer, and I want you to pray with me. We're going to pray with her, and we're going to just celebrate this moment. All right, and, I'm, and I want to be upfront. I chatted to them this morning because he made a commitment last week and we just spoke and I just said to her, you know what, as in our discussions, I just said, God's calling you as well and, 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 and he's got you as well. We've seen the wonderful testimony of Alma and Nadine and they invited these folk and so well done to you guys. And so this morning we're going to start out by you just praying this prayer with us and it's very simply this, Lord Jesus, and speak it out, Lord Jesus. I come to you this morning. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of forgiveness. Please forgive me, Lord, for sitting against you, hurting you, offending you. This morning, Lord, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior, to forgive me for all of my sins, to set me free from my past. And Lord, to give me a future. 
give me a hope. The salvation of my soul. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. And thank you, Jesus, that by calling on your name now, that I am saved and that I will be with you in eternity. Jesus, will you help me from today to testify about you and to live my life for you? I pray this in your precious name. Amen. Bless you. Let's give an awesome round of applause. Wonderful. These are precious moments. The responsibility of us as a congregation is to help them now. They've got a journey, and we'll help them, and we're going to walk this thing out with you. No condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. There's a journey of God taking people from glory to glory. I want this to be a testimony for some of you. There's a lot of people that come in here with broken stories. God can renew and he can restore and he can fix. So this is not about me. It's not about us. Not about them. It's about him. And ultimately he calls us. Amen. Bless you. I want, I want you guys just to somehow find a way just to hug them as they walk. <laughs> Let's just bless them. <laughs> bless you guys. Have an awesome one and we'll see you next Sunday.